What is up, OMFers? I cannot believe it is Monday yet again. But here we are, back at it again with another episode of One Mutual Friend, where we explore the musings and connections of the people we do know and the people we've yet to meet. Today, we are lucky to have Nathan Felix on the show. Nathan Felix is a Mexican-American music composer known for his immersive operas and experimental films. He has had many worldwide premieres spanning much of Europe and Asia, and his music has been featured on the BBC, MTV, NPR, and PBS. He shares his music journey with us from life in an indie rock band to now molding the modern space of classical and opera music. Like us, Nathan is also from Texas and knows a thing or two about good tortillas. Join us as we exercise our curiosity with modern art and reflect on the beauty of sporting friends. We're your hosts, Aline and Brandy. Let's get into it. It was Earth Day on Friday. Is there anything you guys do that limits your carbon footprint or are there things you're embarrassed about that relate to the climate? I am I'm I'm a caffeine junkie and so I buy a lot of energy drinks and I just have like <laughs> insane guilt with all of the cans that pile up in my recycling. Yeah. Do you, but you recycle that. But I do recycle. Yeah. I I didn't grow up recycling. It was never something that my parents did. Yeah. But as Same. an adult, I do. And I don't think recycling was cool in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> I taught I, my boyfriend how, and so now he sorts it all out. <laughs> <laughs> do you trust the system actually recycles your shit? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't, I don't Not think completely. I do. I kind of do. You do? Yeah. I have a lot of trust and faith in people, though. Yeah. But it gets me in trouble. <laughs> That's sweet. That's yeah. sweet. That's positive. <laughs> I have an obscene problem with paper towels. Like I overuse paper towels. Like I need seven to clean up one spill. I love paper towels too. I, yeah. I think it's also it goes back to the nineties, like the commercials with like <laughs> bounty quicker picker upper. Oh, the, the brawny guy. Yes. <laughs> like the blue liquid and they're picking shit up and it, I don't know. It's satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> fucking weird i mean like i could you know go like thinking about my cans and stuff like i could i could probably just get better sleep at night and drink less energy <laughs> i feel guilty whenever i don't want to wash out a cup yeah because i've been told i didn't know i just threw all our recycling in this one little box and they said no you got to clean out the chinese food you can't just throw it oh in there. I yeah like, oh. i don't do that oh well, I didn't either. And so yeah. now I feel guilty when I'm like, I don't really want to wash this. I bought it so I didn't have to do dishes. And then I don't put it in the recycling. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. I learned it actually from watching like a comedy special. And the guy was complaining <laughs> about recycling. And he's like, I got to wash out this fucking jug. And I'm like, oh, you wash them? Yeah. Or like cans, like cans of beans. Like, Oh, yeah. Pff. It's gross. gross. What about people that put the cigarettes in the can when you're at a party? Oh, yeah. And they throw it in the recycling? Mm. It's got to be That's a party foul. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no, I I had a big... Because Graham used to be a smoker when I met him. He's stopped completely, thank goodness. But he would just throw his cigarette butts on the ground. And I'm like, 
what is wrong with you that is disgust like i hated it and i would literally like go pick it up and throw it in a trash can he's like that's what they clean the streets for and i'm like oh my god yeah but also we all grew up in texas and i think we were you know force-fed don't mess with texas yeah that's true don't litter which is cool yeah that is cool but i don't remember ever not littering because of that Uh, my, I can't believe I'm exposing my family like this. But <laughs> they used to like, like my grandmother, like she used to just throw like bags out the of trash out the window, out the fucking window on the highway. And I just remember being like, Grandma, what? Like watching it go past the window. I think that was traumatizing. And then seeing like the don't mess with Texas signs, I'm like. Yeah, I, I think I, like, taught it to myself. Oh, my God. I have, like, a sidebar. Speaking of throwing shit out the window, I remember I was in high school and I went to this college party and I was super upset because all my shit got stolen out of my car, like, my purse, everything. And a week later, the cops called me because I filed a police report. And they're like, we found your purse on the side of the highway. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, shit, someone just took what they wanted and threw the rest out this is trash yeah it was a fucking ugly purse too it was nasty (laughs) um but speaking of something that actually is climate friendly there's this new food delivery service called deliver zero and they you can order the same food that you order from like uber eats but they give it to you in like a reusable like tupperware it's like nice tupperware And then you can just drop it off at any of the restaurants that are part of this. And then they wash it for you. That's cool. Yeah, it is cool. What? It's called Deliver Zero. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to check that I mean, out. it's an extra, you know. $20. F- oh, I, well, maybe. I don't, I, I don't know. I feel like every <laughs> delivery service, I just don't look at the price. I'm like, I'm hungry. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, it's an extra effort to return shit. But if you want to go that extra step to reduce but that's part of it right is making the effort yeah because we can't all or only some of us make the effort and other people are a little more lazy about it so yeah i think that's the point of it yeah 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 I, I think that's kind of one of the things that blew me away about moving to new york and ordering takeout and everything was in these like hard plastic containers yeah i've, I've saved them all oh like, i save them too yeah oh i we just like have way too many and i'm like these have got to go fruit gloves to save them and i'm like we don't need 17 curry like my cats were like eating out of them you know like it's now their food bowls <laughs> oh yeah yeah like, what else can i do with these things? Yeah. you are making a difference yeah yeah you are you're making oh, a difference thanks. one tupperware at a time <laughs> um, but with earth day i feel like a lot of people are performative on you know social media they just post a really pretty place they've been and they're like i love the earth <laughs> Um, what is the most beautiful place you guys have been? Y'all are pretty well traveled. Wow. Now I'm thinking about my Earth Day post from last year. <laughs> <laughs> Coolest planet ever. It's on fire. Um, I will always um, I was I will always go back to my Mexico trip that yeah. I took last February, last spring. Um, gorgeous. Hotel. I've seen that on TikTok a lot uh, <laughs> recently. A lot yeah. of people are going there, and well, um, you were talking about. I think in a previous episode, you were talking about 
swimming up to the, the, swim, the, up the swim up bar and i saw i saw a tiktok of that this week and i was like brandy did that <laughs> <laughs> that's why i cried about being 30 yeah, okay. yeah did you ask for doubles and triples when you swim up to the bar and then realize that you were not even close to being tipsy uh no see that's why i liked it because they served a heavy hand mm. yeah mm-hmm. they really and they started to know us too <laughs> oh my gosh i just had a brilliant idea maybe we should do an omf retreat oh let's invite do all it. our like, guests <gasps> like a group vacation yeah down. i think that'd be great yeah, yeah invite all our guests to go to mexico <laughs> as long as they fund them yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. no but the the the, the pores were good like and we started the second we opened our eyes like cram would go to the to the bar outside of our room and they'd be like your breakfast mr jones (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i love that what about you what's the the prettiest place you've been well my earth day post last year i'm guilty of it It was was in mexico but i can't remember where it was on some mountain but um i would say this place called the feral islands okay which is an island off of um uk it's part of a danish um whatever government government or governed by Denmark Mm -hmm. and when I flew in there it looked like the uh, uh, openings like Jurassic Park oh that's super cool did you hear the music in your head I did yeah yeah I did and I you know I I did not well at the time we didn't have like a smartphones so it couldn't really take a lot of pictures or videos yeah but I'm super anti videos or pictures during like experiences or especially concerts yeah, uh, yeah, not, that's not getting stray, really, really bad. I'm like, why don't you just watch the concert? We don't want to really watch the concert from your phone. It's yeah. really bad quality, anyways. But I digress. I'm guilty of that for sure. But I, I also hate it. <laughs> yeah, I f- <laughs> we went to like a Machine Gun Kelly concert, and I was like, why did I film the whole thing? <laughs> Also, we were in like this VIP area that was 700 yards away from the stage. Like, no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> so far, he looks like an ant. But um, well, how, like, how is his VIP? <laughs> yeah. um, no, I'm. I there was my the most beautiful place I've been to was in the Pacific Northwest. It was this um, hike I went on. It was through this area called the Enchantments, and it was my first backpacking trip ever. But I definitely took a lot of pictures and I think it was just absolutely stunning and I was definitely taking pictures to post them because it was so pretty Mm. and I think I hate me for that but I was forced to be present because it was like no cell service Mm. but because it was my first backpacking trip and it was raining and I was ill prepared I cried And I was just in a sour attitude because I was like, I am not built for backpacking, like hiking with a huge backpack and then finding camp when it's wet, building your tent when it's wet. I was I survived, but that that really was hard. (laughs) I I, I was like, it's so pretty, but I suck at this. I, I feel like that's how I enjoy things, though. I mean, like I don't pick up like a professional camera anymore, but my phone is just like, you know what i use now yeah and that's just kind of how i enjoy good moments but specifically in mexico we went to the cenotes and we got to like swim in them and snorkel in them and i just remember like the way the sun was coming into it we were like like looking underwater to the lily pads Mm -hmm. and like on the 
in the shallow end you could see the lily pads and the light and then as it got into like the shadows like it just went completely dark yeah and graham went underwater and he's like swam and like the i guess the middle the middle part of it all and i'm like this is the most beautiful thing i've ever seen in my life Mm -hmm. and i didn't have my phone and i like hate the fact that i can't like go back and look at it (laughs) but you might be able to find someone that already posted something similar oh yeah yeah this was this was nice that's (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh that's great i didn't even think of that i'm gonna go like google search for this yeah that's why i don't take photos whenever i'm somewhere i think "Ah, someone did a better photo i know what this looks like i'll find it on a photo speaking of that i I was in Colombia and I did one of those like boat tours where you can see the bioluminescent plankton that oh, I've always turns like that. blue when you like move the water. Impossible to capture on a smartphone. Oh, and just like I had to Google a picture to be like, this is what I did. Because <laughs> <laughs> someone had a nicer camera, someone had the flash right, or just the quality of the camera that could yeah. capture that and then they'll understand otherwise you have to explain he's like no you don't understand it was illuminating yeah so. yeah weird weird <laughs> <laughs> but you know like um with earth day i feel like a lot of kids are all s- still saying like um save the polar bear save the turtles with straws paper straws mm-hmm. um if i'm an animal what do you guys think i would look like <laughs> like what sort of Save animal do aliens. i look like Save the aliens. <laughs> that came out wrong but um i feel like everyone always looks like an animal what kind of animal um, they do do you guys my, my ex said they do she also said that owners look like their dogs yeah or maybe yeah. their personality something so i feel like i look like a dog but maybe what kind of animal do you think i look like dog you think I look like no. a dog? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, this is like hard to do without insulting someone. <laughs> like, no, like your dog. No. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I've never like considered what animal. <laughs> you kind of, Brandy, you look like a panda to me. <laughs> what? Well, yeah. that's because she's wearing that shirt. Oh, maybe. <laughs> a black and white shirt. I don't know. She just looks cuddly. <laughs> you kind of have some maybe wolf qualities. Oh, oh that's hot. All right. That's... Yeah pretty native um, <laughs> i i took a uh well like i took one of those filters on tiktok and it gave me a golden retriever and i'm like is that because of my hair <laughs> nathan you're giving me yeah what i couldn't figure out what animal i look like my ex told me something but i can't remember if that was her being nicer i don't know why i feel like everyone looks like cute animals but i think you look like a meerkat a meerkat like timon from lion king <laughs> I feel like there's no good way to go about this I mean, choice. I'm trying. I mean, if you think that's offensive, I well. really like. I really like platypuses. <gasps> that's cute. So maybe that. Yeah. Badger. No. I'm really waiting like, for you guys to tell me what them. I look like. <clears throat> well, dog, when I read the question, dog's not cutting it. No dog, no. no. Um, when I read the cross, the question, I, I thought about how Farouk calls you Beaver. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I feel like this is the one she's gonna say. <laughs> Wait, what's what's the story behind that though? Uh, I don't know. I just think Farouk looks like a beaver, so we call each other Beave oh. Beaver. Oh shit, he's gonna be upset <laughs> to this out there. <laughs> yeah, but it's funny because you know, like auto text populate on your phone. Like instead of Babe, it just says Beave. <laughs> it just auto corrects to Beave. We're so stupid. <laughs> oh man, I was really hoping you guys would hurt my feelings by saying. Like, 
like a you look like an iguana. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to think of maybe a, an animated character that or, you look like, and then sort of transpose. I do it, get, I think I give off cartoon vibes for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I I don't have any answers for anybody. Oh, shit, I think I need more of an animal lineup in front of yeah. me. Oh, yeah, I, like a comparison. Yeah, bust out of. <laughs> I think my limit animal planet. my limitations in animal animal knowledge is is um, too yeah. small. Okay. Yeah. Maybe does do dinosaurs count? Yeah, those are not humans. So. <laughs> <laughs> I could be. I'm done with dinosaurs. Maybe '90s era, like Flintstone, one of them. Dinosaurs. Oh, oh, Dino. Dino was cute. Dino, Dino was cute. Was cute. <laughs> I like That's that. That's adorable. Yeah. We'll, that. we'll go with that. <laughs> On that note, everyone, welcome Nathan Felix to One Mutual Friend. Hello. You you live here in New York, but we feel so lucky to have finally caught you here because you're you travel a lot <laughs> constantly making moves it's a love hate is so, it it is well i hate airports now because mm. they're just do you have tsa pre-check i do yeah Ooh. yeah Fancy. It's, it's needed i feel like i need it but i don't know why i'm too lazy to like actually go do the it's worth it id verification it's one step yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you won't qualify. What's in your history? Crim- criminal history? I don't have any criminal history. Not that I know of. They'll find out. Hey. hey. Oh, shit. <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> so, um, everyone, Nathan and I met at a party in San Antonio, Texas. It was like a 3 a.m.er for sure. Yeah. Which party was that? I have a lot of embarrassing moments. I it think. was a Darian's I, apartment. I, yeah, it's usually a Darian's. Yeah, he's he throws the party. You met Darian uh, in oh. San Antonio last week. Yeah, Darian's awesome. Kyle's boyfriend. Um, Ooh, he wouldn't like that. I'm kidding. He, oh, <laughs> shit. Starting drama. He's his um, own person. Yeah, he is his own person. Um, what was it What was it for? Like, what? I don't know. I don't. I remember it was like. Oh, a, okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I remember that person. <laughs> Connected the dots. Yeah. Um. I remember. I don't know. This is my first time meeting you. You were there, meeting. You knew Darian and stuff, but you were, I guess, talking with Mariana, and she's the one that introduced me to you. But I, all anyone was saying at this party was like, "Oh, that guy looks like Beto O'Rourke." Me? Yeah, and oh, so wow. they called you for your nickname on the side. You don't know this at all. I'm exposing everyone. I they, dig they, this. They, <laughs> it's not a good nickname though. They called you B-list Beto. B-list Beto. <laughs> Damn. But because but not... everyone thought you looked like a politician. You were dressed really oh. nice that night, so it was like, oh, he looks like Beto O'Rourke, and I was like, yeah, okay, I guess I can see if, it. If he got into like like the music industry i guess like i feel like you've got way more of like a manly edge to you. we were all very drunk but it stuck because it's catchy be less better yeah maybe i'll use that in some of my advertising campaigns <laughs> <laughs> okay wait hold on did you was that did we go to the strip before that we ended up at darian's i i couldn't tell you okay yeah 2019 was hard on my liver that was 2019 yeah. Nah, I feel like I met you in 2018. Really? I think so. Because you performed, I think, with me in 
20. Oh, yeah, I guess it was 2018 or early 2019. Lord. Yeah. Mm. So, okay. I I was pretty, like, intoxicated for a few years straight. And <laughs> so <laughs> in San Antonio. And so when I first re-met you was at your opera here in New York City, which was an amazing immersive opera, by the way. Thanks. Um, but then you had said, like, oh, we met. And I still to this day don't even. That's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, no, don't be sorry. So there was a point in time in San Antonio when I moved there where I only liked to go out on Mondays and Tuesdays. And my that friend would be me. Corey Cook would yeah. throw this um, open mic, or no, jazz night at Hondro's. And you and another girl would, the, you would come every Tuesday and you were the only girls that would come. And I just thought that was weird. <laughs> and Shout you were just out Sabrina. Sort of, yeah, so you know who it is. So yeah. you'd roll in at like 1 a.m. when it was sort of ending. <laughs> yeah, no, we were trash. And, <laughs> and so we didn't really ever meet, but I think a few times it was just like we saw each yeah, other. Yeah, like, okay, that it connects a lot of dots for me. But Yeah. Um, and you walked in like you were just like these socialites, and I wondered who oh, on Tuesday. Oh, socialite oh, There was a strut. There was a strut walking <laughs> into the bar. I mean, it was Hondro's, but... <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> like, we're strutting into fucking Lime Night. <laughs> is that place still open? Hondras? No. Oh, Hondras is, right? Yeah, it's open. Yeah. Yeah. When was the last time you were in Texas? Or San Antonio specifically? P- probably South by Southwest, March. Oh, okay. It's yeah. not too far. It's not too far. I skipped Fiesta. I'm not a San Antonio person, so I loved hearing your episode last week, which if y'all didn't hear, you should listen. It's a great episode. Oh, thanks for the sure. plug, Nathan. Gotta plug it. Um, <laughs> But you gave a true sense of, of what Fiesta is for somebody that doesn't know it because I was so confused for the first few years I was in San Antonio. I yeah. Because I was comparing it to like South by Southwest, which I love, and I just didn't get it. Yeah. So I think it's a great. I actually, the, because we took some of our New York friends down, I had to like kind of do some research because I was like, how do I explain this better? And like, what is the purpose? What is the importance? Yeah, I didn't so. know. I grew up with it and I had no idea. I'm like, yeah. I just know everybody gets drunk and puts on flower crowns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, and chicken on a stick. <laughs> and chicken on a stick, exactly. But now I feel Turkey like I legs. Gotta, I got to check it out again now that I know a little more from y'all's podcast. So. Yeah, and I think um, being older and like the, I don't know, just with like friend, friends. It's, it's different it, it's when you're different. not going with your parents, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. But it's also like, oh my gosh, am I going to be going with my future kids and like strollers Ooh. around and fiesta? That's something I'm having in, I don't know something i'm thinking about i'm like is this gonna be part of my life <laughs> people spilling beer on my child yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, let's dive into more about you nathan um you've lived all over the world and you've been you like creating music is basically sewn into your soul uh tell us a little about t- tell, uh, tell us a little <laughs> bit about your um journey with music weren't you a rock star at one point I've lived rock star moments, but I, 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 who calls himself a rock star, right? Yeah. Can't do that. I don't even think, well, maybe Bono does, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I grew up in Austin, and you can't get away without, you know, you can't throw a stone and not hit a musician. Right. Or, or at least sure. you couldn't. I think now you can throw a stone and hit, like, a tech bro. Yeah, a startup founder. But, <laughs> but before, it was a musician. And so, yeah, I, I got an early start just learning how to play guitar. And always wanted to be in a band. I, I did. I wanted to be a rock star. No, yeah. No lies. That's what I wanted to do. But I think after a while, I, I had, um, I, I got real anxious, got a lot of anxiety. I was in my early 20s, maybe mid 20s. Right. 
And I thought, I can't be that guy that's 40 that you go to Austin at Saxon Pub, which love Saxon Pub, that's 40 playing guitar for like $75 a gig. I was like, I can't be that guy. Can't right. be that guy. I got to do something with my life. And because I thought it would be embarrassing. So I, I, I decided that I would take a little transition and try to teach myself how to write for, for orchestra. Amazing. And so so that I went on that journey. And my band at the time in Austin, we were just sort of this avant-garde 13-piece orchestra. And I thought, oh, of course, this is like the future music. This is what everyone should like. I mean, we didn't really get very far. A lot of people said, oh, yeah, you're, you're, you're not like a great songwriter. Like your songs can't really take you to where you want to be, i.e. rock star. So I, I was like, damn, well, what can my songs do? And I started through South by Southwest getting the attention. We got the attention of MTV one year. Cool. Yeah, it was great. It was like our huge break. It was like, finally. And uh, we were doing these, like, they were doing these filming, and it was like with uh, White Stripes and Santa Gold. And so we were like, this is our big break. This is our big break. We completely imploded like a month later because we got big heads. <laughs> but it got me in front of some eyes on MTV. And out of that, I got some songs of mine in some, um, like, commercials and PSAs and stuff like that. And so people said, oh, I think your music has a knack for uh, film. Cool. So then I was like, oh, well, let's let's do that. So I don't have to be the 40-year-old playing in, in a bar, which nothing against that. Yeah. Just not what I wanted. And so I got I, I went in that direction, and then I moved to Los Angeles to, to be a um, film scoring composer. Ooh, cool. Yeah. And I, I decided after a month that I didn't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, no joke. I have this funny story, a crazy story. My, my first week in L.A., I moved in with a mentor of mine, and he had worked with uh, – some, you know, big time composers. I'll reveal that in a second. And so he says, "Hey, let's 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 go to Santa Monica. You know, I want to see a friend." I said, "Okay, cool." So we're hanging out in Santa Monica, and he's like on his phone. He calls someone, and then we walk into the studio, and we walk in, and and I walk into a Hans Zimmer scoring the Spider Man at the time. This oh my is god, 2013. So whatever came out after that, whatever Spider Man that was, and Hans is like, "Hey," he turns around in his, in his chair, and he says, "Nathan, Rick's told me what? all about you." So fucking cool. I know, and I'm like, <laughs> "Wow, my first week in L.A." and and uh, and Rick had set it up because he knew like, "Oh, that I wanted to be a film score composer," and Hans is like, "Yeah, come sit, you know, check this out, check out the scene." So he showed me the scene, and he goes, "What do you think about this?" And I, of course, I'm not going to fucking tell Hans Zimmer, like, yeah, well, you should really move the horns up here. And <laughs> I was like, that's great, Hans. And so he's like, yeah, he's like, so he goes, you know, Rick said, you know, you want to be a film score, score composer. He Hans has this uh, studio called Remote Control. So he says, hey, if you want to, if you want a place uh, at Remote Control, he's like, why don't you come by next week? And he's like, I'd love to show you around and we'll, let's, let's talk. How cool. I know. No. And all inside me, I mean, I loved it and I left. And, but over the weekend, I just had this sort of, I don't know, anxiety about my life. And I thought, I don't want to make music for film anymore. I want to be an artist in, mm -hmm. inside. So I had to tell Rick. I was like, yeah, Rick, I know you got me this job with Hans Zimmer, but like, I'm going to decline. He's like, what? He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm mad at you right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm pulling a favor for you. And I said, oh, I know, but... And I tried to explain him, I want to be an artist. He's like, well, how are you going to make money? What are you going to do? And this and that. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know, Rick. I, I just, I want to be an artist. And I just kind of had to tell him that. And it was a very difficult time because he had set that up for years. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know all the planning that went into that, but... Um, so, wow. Yeah. But you yeah. just, I mean, your gut feeling just told you yeah. go another path. That's strong. And no regrets. Yeah, absolutely that's no amazing regrets. though. Yeah, so. but even to just be wanted like that, like oh, yeah. that's, that's exciting. Because now yeah. I can say, eh, I turned, nah, down, I turned him down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. it's hard to get. 
I could go back if I wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) So then what happened next? You were like, no films. No films. I, I, well, I still made music for film on the side because it did pay, but I mean, and I did only did it for friends, but I really just wanted to make, I wanted to vomit out whatever ideas I had that came from me. And, and, and I went on that journey. I mean, it was a long journey to get there, but, but now, I mean, you see my immersive works. Mm-hmm. I basically wanted to present opera and classical music in, in ways that the audience could experience it in a fresh, new, yeah. modern way. And I wanted to get hired not because someone wanted to my my music to fit their vision. I wanted them to say, do whatever you want. It's an open uh, canvas. And that's the way my, my career's sort of evolved. Mm-hmm. And, and I love it. Um, that's so important as an artist too to just like be able to express yourself for yourself right i love that um it's super stereotypical for artists to be like to create their best work when they're unhappy or heartbroken do you believe in this do you think it's true and i don't know well knowing how much y'all love emo music i feel like (laughs) i have to say yes yeah i I like to believe that it's true Where right? do you uh, draw your inspiration from? Well, I can't be in a very chaotic or dark place. So mm-hmm. I guess it goes against what you, you asked. For me, I need to be in a healthy state of mind mm-hmm. because I'm more of like a dreamer. Um, I like that. That's yeah. great to hear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like traumatized from my ex. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is this the ex you ran into at Fiesta? Uh, no. Oh, you had it. In- it was her. She ran into my ass. Oh, okay. I missed that. <laughs> Thank God I dodged that bullet. In the hole. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I'm, I'm a dreamer. I'm, I'm always looking for things that can uh, can happen. Very hopeful. So I think a lot of my my music kind of stems from that. It's not to say that I can't pull from that sort of sentiment of uh, heartbreak or loss or yeah. sadness. But I'm I'm more of a positive, upbeat kind of person and i i kind of put that into my music more so so you're very um so you you're very in your head about where you draw inspiration from or do you do you ever go out and you're like okay i'm gonna go see what i don't know go for example go on a walk to draw inspiration from things out in the wild or oh absolutely uh i draw inspiration a lot from film Oh, okay. And so I'll, I'll watch a I'll watch a lot of old film, and I try and get in the head of directors. I love directors, and getting trying to get inside their head and say, why did you make a film that is about this, or why does this shot look like this? Mm-hmm. And so I draw a lot of inspiration from that. That's and super I, cool. So that makes sense that you were interested in scoring, and like being a, a part of that development. For sure, for sure. And I, I like putting music to film. I just don't like putting music to other people's films. Got it. <laughs> Which is where the opera comes in. Like you kind of create your music and then like it in, into its own little yeah. performance. <gasps> Connecting the dots. <laughs> <laughs> I take anyone's story. That's what I love about opera, right? Or a film too. It's like you yeah. want to create a story. I love just thinking of stories that are forgotten mm-hmm. or lost in history. And I like to bring those out and find like within the minutia of like a broader scope like i don't want to tell the story of world war ii right but yeah. within world war ii like finding that that story that we can all relate to that's super cool i love it yeah oh, my <laughs> <God>. <laughs> um you have a few performances coming up may this or is it may no it's april next month but close very close <laughs> um the you're 
on your Instagram, you work, um, I'm quoting you that you said one of these works is your most personal work to date. Um, can you elaborate more on the genesis of this project and why you chose to be so vulnerable? Sure. I realized going back to when I was a songwriter that I wasn't very good at it. And the reason I wasn't good at it is because I was writing in prose and everything was about being catchy and trying to sell something. Mm -hmm. And some people are good at that. You think about country and they talk about like trucks and dogs and waffles and chicken. And my pickup truck and my beer and sausage. (laughs) That's catchy. It is. Uh, Yeah, but that's a country song. That is the formula for a country song. Yeah, it is. Beer trucks and... Heart, heartbreak, but, heartbreak, my heart. But if Conor O'Burst sang that, <laughs> you wouldn't believe it, right? Yeah. He'd be like, "No, he needs the syrup to like bleed yeah. onto his leg," and I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, that's very bright eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Full disclosure: I've never really read any of his lyrics, so I was. Sort of no, I mean, that's, yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was, I, I realized, okay, I, I need to be a little more transparent and honest. And so the moment I started doing that with my music, people actually started to either buy it, stream it, or actually attend my concerts. And that weren't my friends. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm starting to build a fan base here based off just me being vulnerable and sharing, uh, being transparent. Wow, that must feel really rewarding. It is. It, it, it was like the, it, the, the key like turned and it, the door unlocked. It was like this whole time I was I was just scratching and clawing for anyone to listen to my music. I was that guy like, check out my band. It's 13 people and we're avant-garde and weird and we're singing about fairies and bishops and people are like, <laughs> fuck cares. But the moment I said like, oh my God, I'm heartbroken and here I bleed my soul out to this woman in a classical piece. Everyone's like, oh my God, like this is amazing we want more mm-hmm. i thought oh that's all it took is to be yourself yeah to be yourself because people want to connect and mm-hmm. i think that there's this intuition with us when we listen to a song we can tell if someone's being authentic mm-hmm. and it's it's weird it's, it's it's like as an artist it's like you you or as a person you you, you think it's easy like you could just in your brain say well let me be honest but there yeah. is something that translates through this vessel of yourself that when the music comes out you can't hide it. People either know or they don't. And that's why I think a lot of artists are successful and a lot aren't because yeah. cause they aren't willing to really open up. Oh, my gosh. I love that. Um, I've only ever been to your performances when it's like there's a ton of people coming to see your work. Have Have you ever had like a performance where you're like, there's not a lot of people? Oh. <laughs> did, did you ever feel defeated? And how do you? I don't know. Maybe you have it. Like I've only ever been to <laughs> your performances when there's like. <laughs> A lot of people. Oh, well, in all of my 20s, very rarely anyone came to any of my concerts. And I always thought, like, why not? Why do all these other people have sold-out shows or hundreds of people? And I couldn't quite figure it out. So in my 30s, I'm on the streak of, like, consecutive concerts, like, sold out or overly populated. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, crossing my fingers every time. I'm like, okay, the next one, no one's going to come. And it just keeps happening. And I think, okay, well, either I'm just really lucky or, or again, I've just built something over time. And it's it's very rewarding, and I can look back at my twenty year old self and say like, ah, oh, it just takes time. Yeah, it takes time. We don't realize it. We want it all now. We're like, I'm a rock star. I want to be yeah. fifty thousand people. And it's like, oh, it just doesn't work like that. Or at least it didn't work like that for me. I know Bieber. Right. It works for Bieber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel when I post a 
TikTok. <laughs> Where is everyone? Yeah. Is this thing on? <laughs> no, um, no, that's super awesome that you've had this like long steady growth and now it's like super rewarding to have people just be in your corner and I don't know. I'm a fan and, and I, I, I like I like hyping you. That thing. And I, I like telling that. my friends about you. So Yeah. I love the evolution of, of your music and your path too because I feel like a lot of people I mean, I've known a lot of people who are like, oh, I'm going to be in this band. We're going to be famous, blah, blah, blah. And then it doesn't happen. And they're like, now I'm working in sales, you know, like, <laughs> like you just yeah. completely give up on it because it was like they weren't really in it for them. Like the, the music itself wasn't their passion. It was like the, the chase of the fame. Yeah. yeah. And so I don't know. It just kind of, you know, it speaks to like your love for the music, too. I think that's also so important to being mm-hmm. a great artist, too. I had good advice when, when I was really young and I was interning for this musician helping him with booking and he said he goes you want to know the the secret to success and i said what and he was like maybe 28 at the time and i was 19 yeah and he was in a band that we wanted to be in because they were touring europe a small small time but like they were still doing things that i wanted to do and he says you know the key to success he says just stay in it long enough to where everyone else drops out he's like everyone will get a job they'll freak out get married have a kid white picket fence and he's like if you just are the last man standing he's like you're naturally going to be successful and he's like that's how we get all these gigs because all the other bands just sort of died out damn continuity yeah so i'm just like i'm like that roach i'm just like won't go away (laughs) (laughs) will not die roach mode (laughs) activate i like it i'm living by this yeah i'm like okay if we keep this podcast going for 20 years <laughs> eventually <laughs> people number will listen <laughs> not the goal but yeah. <laughs> but i do want to say one other thing too just because i never answered the question but on on the concert coming up uh, in may yeah in austin it's it's my third symphony that i'm premiering and I actually started to open up in these uh, songs about about my dad, who I didn't know past the age of six, mm-hmm. and so it's me basically just shedding my heart and like trying to come to terms with like you know what that meant, and because I know there's a lot of other people that grew up without dads, yeah, and so mm-hmm. that's sort of the vulnerability that I'm starting to share, which is that's why this is my most personal. It talks about my my failed marriage, my dad, you know, not knowing my dad uh, ever. I mean, literally uh, since the age of six, I have only spoken to my dad once. And you know things like that, and and I and I I think that in a, in our normal day to day lives we don't want to talk about these things, right? right? We don't want to go to a bar and be like, hey, let me tell you about all my troubles. But through music, I can talk about Can't it. Can't relate because I tell, <laughs> tell everyone my troubles. <laughs> valid, valid. <laughs> Sorry, continue. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Is there something you want to share right yeah. now? Is there something? Let me tell you about you. my dad. <laughs> That's, uh, it takes a lot of strength too, though, to like to really open up about stuff like that, though. So. Good job. Good job. <laughs> ah, thanks, mom. <laughs> now my mom is coming to this concert, which, believe it or not, she doesn't really come to a lot of my concerts, which is fine. She supports me, but there's some topics on I won't divulge at the moment that are like she knows nothing about. Mm-hmm. You know, think about yeah. it. Our, our parents don't know a lot about our lives. Oh yeah. And Does it make you nervous? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I'm I'm just hoping she won't read the program notes, all of them. So everyone's like, "How do I get my hands on this program?" Spill the tea. Sending this podcast to your mom. 
you should you should for the plot for the plot you should create a uh, patreon so people have to pay for your program Ooh. Ooh. Like this. Yeah. yeah business mind over here yeah <laughs> I mean, like, if you don't want your mom to read it or people, I don't know, make it exclusive. <laughs> Mommy Always trying to monetize, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so here at OMF, we really f- try to focus on connections um, through your work. In order to make your art come to life, you have to collaborate with a bunch of different musicians, performers, to and... Um, models for you do a lot of photography work too how how do you find the right people to collaborate with and do you maintain those connections how do you because yeah you know what I'm trying to say oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) how how do you do it (laughs) how well this might actually give a little insight into when we first met yeah because I I... waiting to circle back to this (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's the topic of the podcast Aline and Nathan when they first met. <laughs> but so I, I'm the worst. I'm a Gemini. I'm just all over the place. And I tend to give people the benefit of the doubt, which I think I said earlier in this mm-hmm. about something. And So anyone that can play anything, for instance, I was younger, if someone's like, I play this or I sing this or I do this or I scribble that or I dance, I'm just like, let's collaborate. Let's do it. I love that. Yeah. I, I, give every, I love to give people opportunities as well. And so that's sort of initially how I meet a lot of people, but just because I'm open to everybody. It's like, do you want to sing? Do you have the desire? Come join my choir. I've gotten a little bit better at filtering Mm -hmm. because in arts, you can meet a lot of really, uh, I don't know, crazy people. I'll put it lightly. (laughs) Yeah. So I've had to learn how to filter. Like I'm pretty good at it now just from living in LA too, like weeding out just the BS and the, Mm -hmm. the posers. But yeah, I love just to, to... I haven't heard the word poser in a long time. <laughs> I'm going to bring it back. I love poser. Yeah, I that's a good it. word. I watched the Tony Hawk documentary. Oh my God. And I always remember my, when I wanted to skate, and I'm like, you're a poser. And, I, and now actually I, uh, I, I did this thing on Instagram where I put instead of composer, like the real world, I put yeah. come. Uh, poser. Uh, pose, got like, it. Dash. dash. Com- <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, nah, no one gets this joke. So then I just erased it. And then I saw a really reputable, well-known composer do it. And I thought, damn, he stole it from me. So yeah. I put it back. Yeah. Because I was like, yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, so, so yeah, I, give, I like to just collaborate with people like that. And, of course, the, the connections stick. When you, make, when you make a good connection or a good friendship, uh, that's what I love most about music. I could care less how talented you are. Yes, you have to be talented enough. But mm-hmm. if you're cool and I want to hang out with you and have a whiskey, that's way more important in this grand scheme of life than like you being some virtuoso mm-hmm. and when i first met you you're walking down the stairs that's my only image i remember darian's apartment and i wa- remember you walking down the stairs and everyone's like that's aline that's aline and you had your little cinderella moment yeah. <laughs> and she's like she, she she plays violin you should talk to her so i'm like yo like hey i heard you play violin and you're just you keep walking like you want to <laughs> you know you won't even turn around and you're just like yeah yeah <laughs> And I'm like, oh, give me your email because I never ask for girls' numbers because I f- feel like that's kind of creepy. So I'm like, give me your email. And you're like, okay, it's this. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I really want to work with you. Because immediately it's like you say violin. I don't even vet you. I'm like, violin, you're in. So you're like, yeah, okay, like email me sometime. And then eventually You're making I me you. sound so <laughs> too cool. cool for school. And I feel like I'm not that person. Yeah, shoot me. <laughs> shoot me an email. But you showed up. Yeah. And that was cool. Yeah. And I did, I followed up. Like, I'd never even heard you play, but I was like, well, you know, she plays violin. Let's do it. 
and she showed up. And then I remember too, this is more for Brandy. Uh, Cause I was just, I just bought a, my own, my first camera and I was like, Oh, I'm going to be a filmmaker. So I'm going to start filming my rehearsals cause I'm tired of paying people to do it. And I decided that I wanted to like mimic these directors that I liked that did these like really close up shots. So, uh, so Aline comes, she's playing violin. I just like get the camera and it's like straight up in my face, right in her face, like this close, like, a, like three inches away, like no. filming her. as she's trying to play a violin. And I'm like, that's not, Sorry. I'm like, I'm like, here, don't I know. <laughs> so you remember that, right? Yeah, I remember that. And I also remember, um, we, at the museum, we did like a shoot and it was super cool to see that the museum reposted your photos to hype up your opera that was cool i was like oh that's me (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh i have to like like i don't remember the email exchange or anything but you make me sound annoying (laughs) (laughs) it was (laughs) pre-pandemic like i don't know what that means (laughs) she she hadn't evolved as a person yet I just probably was not sober. I'm Julia. Yeah. Well, you definitely it's had, like, you, yeah. you carried yourself in a way where, and then later I found out that you were moving back from Seattle. And I was like, oh yeah, makes sense. Does it? Yeah, you weren't very San Antonio-esque. That's a good thing. Yeah, I think so too. And I wasn't from San Antonio, so I can recognize people that have traveled. Yeah. And also that that circle of friends like Darian, who I love, and Kyle, that's not my circle. I loved hanging out with anytime Darian was like, yo, come hang out with my people. I loved it. Cause I got to get away from the, the, the artist scene where everyone's just like, check out my painting and check out my art. And <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, come to Southtown. <laughs> Sometimes I just wanted to throw a few back and like see people like dress in like really cool designer stuff and not think about like some art party. Yeah. So I liked it. Yeah. I like switching it up with different circles like that too, yeah. just to meet new people have different conversations Mm -hmm. and you know expand but you guys rage oh yeah yeah (laughs) rage it's a problem (laughs) first step is admitting you have a problem um um, you so you actually were one of my inspirations with moving to new york i remember we were also at a christmas party and you're like, I'm leaving. I'm I'm moving to New York. And I was like, fuck, he's doing it. And I was like, I really? want to do that. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. And I think it was, and then, yeah, I hit you up when I actually was like, hey, I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, that, that was super special. But you live here in New York now. Um, why do you continue to, you know, nourish your Texas connections? Why do you still do performances there? Um when like the New York art scene is like top notch. It is top notch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's really cool to hear. I, um, that whole fall for me, 2019 was, was really intense. I mean, I was, I was sort of hitting my stride mm-hmm. performance wise. I was, I was getting the concerts that I wanted, but I felt like, okay, I can see myself getting stuck in San Antonio or Austin and plateauing. Right. And I was like, fuck this. I was like, I got to take a next level. As I just one day in Thanksgiving, I said, Mom, I'm moving to New York over Thanksgiving. She's like, Why? It's dangerous. And I said, <laughs> But so am I. I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yes, sir. All right. I ad libbed that one. That was not rehearsed. I was like, This is the moment. 
No, yeah, and so I just said, fuck it, I'm going to go. I'm just going to go. I, I, I think that um, I, I want to challenge myself. So that's really cool. Yeah. And, and when you were coming too, I thought, oh, this is great. This is, I, I think that uh, having more friends and also people that have bigger goals and aspirations like yourself, this is the place to be. Right. Or one of the places to be. And no, we can just say it's the place to be. <laughs> <laughs> it is. You know, I haven't, you know, I used to tour actually Europe every year a couple of times for mm-hmm. music. And I haven't been since pandemic. All my concerts got canceled, but I don't miss it. I don't miss not traveling abroad anymore because I, being in New York, it, it really quenches my hunger or satiates my hunger for, yeah. um, for life. And right. There's something super rewarding about kind of staying put for a while somewhere that, I don't know, resonates deeply with you. And that sense of community makes you feel like you belong. Yeah. And building something in a place you belong feels good. And I love that I did the the concert and thank you, you all came mm-hmm. and I loved it. And then she came and I was like, oh, San, more San Antonio, Texas people. Yeah. yeah. I was like, the girl from Hondros is here. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, that's who you are. The girl from Hondros. I was like, let's go. Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, I, I do. I feel like uh, as someone who's, who also had like the similar path of like feeling like you, you know, you hit, you hit a limit in New York. I mean, sorry, in Texas and move. For more opportunity, I feel like nourishing those connections in Texas are still so important because, like, they're, I don't know, some of my friends back home are some of my biggest supporters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they're never going to do the same thing or they don't they don't have the desire to. But, you know, they're, like, really rooting for me more than, I don't know, more than somebody I would meet here. Yeah. Know? Like, it, it's such a deeper connection. I've never thought of it that way, but yeah. Yeah. And that's why I go back. Support. I love my friends and connections in Austin and in San Antonio and I want to go back and I want to work with them. I mean, they, I cut my teeth in Texas. And so I feel like a lot of people that helped me get there by performing in my concerts or just supporting me that I want to come back and, and keep that yeah. uh, connection mm-hmm. growing. And they do support me too. A lot of people or a lot of my friends from Austin know that when I left LA, like left for LA mm-hmm. and I came back, uh, I came back cause I had to take care of my mom. And I really felt like I had a lot of unfinished business there. And I had regret of leaving L.A. for many years. I chose San Antonio over going back to L.A. just because at the time I just I felt I felt San Antonio could be a great place for me. And I thought there were a lot of great things went on. But I regretted I I felt like a failure. And I and that was part of my 2019. I said, hey, look, if you have that feeling, whether or not it's legit, I know I need to I need to at least look under that rock and I said maybe I don't want to go to LA I want to go to New York but I have to at least try so I don't you know live my life thinking like oh what if yeah what ifs oh my gosh I that I felt the same way in 2019 because I moved back to San Antonio and I felt like a failure that's my biggest fear that's what I keep telling Graham because he wants to go to San Antonio like I feel like I would feel like a failure going back I don't, I, why do, why, why is that? Because you're back to where you started? I think it was also because, like, I, I moved back. I was single. I was broke. <laughs> it was like the list was long. I needed a new job. Like, it was just everything. Yeah. Like, I feel like if I moved back again, it would be because. Comfort. Comfort. Yeah. Like, that was a smart economical choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You didn't give off that vibe. Really? 
Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm like, this girl is like, <laughs> I just remember she's a scientist. She plays the yeah, violin. She's from Seattle. Too. She's well traveled. I'm like, this girl's the shit. She's like better than fucking everything no, that else a, in this room. 2019 was a dark year because I, I felt like a failure. Yeah. yeah. But then I moved. Eight. Eight. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to ask uh, questions because you have dabbled with some stuff with film can you explain your art series that deals with milk and i feel like you work with a lot of female muses how do you find these women and um, do you ever date them have you ever you don't have to answer that one if it makes you uncomfortable i just like in the spirit of nathan being vulnerable (laughs) okay I didn't pause. I was drinking. I was sipping on something. That's uh-huh. why I paused. Or I was, yeah, I was trying to swallow it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Chokes. <laughs> Chokes. <laughs> um, yes, I, I am. I do film work. I think I feel like it's the, just the part, the the next step of my life. You know, I wrote, I did symphonies, and I did choral music, then I did film music, and then mm-hmm. I do opera, and Jim and I just get bored. So I'm like, yeah, let's make film, and uh, yeah, I started making uh, experimental films that revolve around milk i sort of have an obsession with milk because it's white mm-hmm. i love white i my and, you know usually if i when i when i buy a house i'll just paint everything white yeah mm-hmm. uh, there's something about it that i really love um i'm connected with i well this jacket doesn't really have a lot of white in it but i, I, I wear a lot of white um but that's i guess more of the uh, face value question I, I also have an obsession with um vomit mm, interesting which is uh goes back to my, my dad and so so in some of these these videos the first one i released i'm doing a series of where essentially they we overexpose them in, in, a, in a gallery to begin with and and they sort of um intake milk but mm-hmm. you don't see it they fast for a day and then they they vomit and it looks gorgeous it looks beautiful do so right? you film women vomiting milk correct is, okay correct I think I saw this on a Jerry Springer episode. No way. I need to see that. <laughs> I need to see that. No, there was, it was very sexual. I don't know if this is like a sexual no. thing. Yeah, because yeah. there is like a category of porn where women vomit. This guy vomit. would get, he would, he would give these women pills and they would vomit and he would keep them in trash bags. He had like full trash bags full of vomit and he would like rub it on himself. You should have started with that, and then maybe I wouldn't have brought up what I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think it's, it's super fascinating and your connection to like the explanation behind it and how you find white beautiful you have a connection to vomiting and like what it means to you i think it's really interesting to find out why you do the art that you do yeah like sure. this really makes me want to go like i i need i need answers i need oh. the, the, the performance i need do you see. have to come to the live performance i need a, which I is not this. scheduled but i want to do a live like vomiting Vomit? performance yeah, yeah. Like, multiple people vomiting I mean, I, I like feel like I just nice want to do that just to say I fucking did it. And I can just like tell people that like I, I watch people vomit. Today. Would you if he asked you to drink milk and vomit, would you do it? No, I'm not. A, I'm not. A, I'm not okay. an eloquent yeah. vomiter. Let me just say that. like it's very vocal. It's very it's, it's a lot of noises <laughs> happening. But that's part of the art of this. Like, no one vomits the same. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I've, I got a lot of flack early on for using female white females vomiting milk and the honest reason of how i choose my subjects is that they're the only ones that are willing to do it right i I think i asked 30 people 
to, to, to vomit for this first idea I had. It was just an idea. And of course, everyone said no. So the yeah. first person that said yes, I said, okay, let's do it. And she happened Sweet. to be. Sweet, you're on. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, wait, are you sure? Do you know yeah, what you're getting yeah. into? And I was like, let's do it tomorrow before you have time to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I also just straight up don't like milk. Like, I'm yeah. like an almond milk But that's milk good. Kind of It'll person. come out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are, do, are you, do you, do you buy the milk, you, or do you let the, your subject pick Do they the pick, milk? like, the, like... Well, this may like, be an alien scientist question, because I know that you, the, the amount of lactose your body can hold is less than what a gallon of milk has, so I don't know if right. that goes, that's, translates to almond milk. I don't know if... Do, hmm. Yeah, are you willing to experiment with other types of milk? yeah. It, uh, yeah. Visually, if like, do you do whole milk? Does it look prettier than like a fifty-fifty? Than a two percent? Well, whole milk is quick and easy. Yeah. So it, yeah, the, yeah, you can't carry that much, and it'll make you feel sort of bloated, and you can only hold a certain amount of lactose, so it'll yeah. come out. And they have the milk challenger. I mean, I know a lot of fraternities do like this. Yeah. Like, Let's chug milk and run. No, this is like. This is art, and it, 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 the series is called Rebirth. So mm-hmm. it's not really about the vomit. It's about really the nuance in the subject before and after. And, uh-huh. and so it's trying to capture, you know, everything's shot really close and tight. So it's trying to capture their facial features in their body. And it's about rebirth um, before and after the milk comes out. And, of course, it looks extremely exquisite and magical. But the my obsession with vomit stems from the last memory of my dad was him vomiting hot dogs after a carnival that's the last time i ever saw him it's the last memory i have of him and so it that was sort of looking back at my life that was sort of the rebirth of me it's like basically i was on my own after wow. that. it was like a male i had an older brother but like trying to figure out how to grow up in this world and my mom you know having three jobs and never home uh, you know bless her heart she was a great mom but i'm saying like i was just sort of forced in, into the fire mm-hmm. and so that was sort of my rebirth it was like my trial by fire like grow up and be a man and not have anyone to show you that. i don't know why it makes me want to cry <laughs> yeah, right I'm now emotional. i'm like i'm like i can feel myself tearing up it's beautiful yeah and i think i'm kind of going through the motions of like i didn't i didn't understand the milk art at all and i like my initial reaction is like the fuck and now i'm like sure wow that's really beautiful and thank you for sharing that because that that's that's special and it means something oh thank you uh, yeah, absolutely and I, and I think that you know one of the questions you posed to me um earlier is that how do i feel when people don't react in the way that i want or expect them to and i welcome it i want yeah. people to be curious i want them to question i don't think that just because anyone especially myself just because i make something or put plaster it on a wall or on a video that it merits it worthy of any type of mm-hmm. high art or fine art. Yeah. I think it's meant to be questioned and meant, meant to find the people that it's meant to find. And if it doesn't, I mean, I think that's good. As long as it creates a conversation for me, I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah. It is meant to be examined and critiqued and mm-hmm. digested. That's, um, and regurgitated. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. Uh, I think that's, re- that's really important because I think a lot of times people, look at like experience art or look at art and they are just like I like it because it's pretty or I like it because it makes me feel something but I think it's important to exercise that curiosity and experience art that makes you ask questions I think that's something I think a lot of people forget absolutely yeah Mm. um opera and classical music I feel like they're very niche how do you continue to 
bring new listeners to that realm? And I know you do a lot of modern twists with this kind of stuff, but how do you cast a larger net to an audience? Cast a wider net? What's the phrase? Yeah, cast a wider, a wider net. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, personally, this is something that is very prominent in the world of classical music and opera. Everyone's like, how do we get new listeners? Mm-hmm. And uh, how can we make more opera more accessible? Yeah. And, you know, I think of myself more of a cavalier or a troubadour. It's like, that's your problem. Like, Ooh. I'm doing my thing. And, and I feel like what I curate for my listeners or my patrons that experience my artwork, it doesn't go hand in hand with what the opera world or classical music world yeah. or institution is what I should say. Not right. the world, the institution. What they're trying to do, I mean, because they're, they're about money. Exactly. And so for to get more listeners to come to go to the symphony or the opera, they're like, oh, let's lower our ticket price. So then they're like, oh, this will help people. Or then they do like these performances. They're like, oh, we're going to play Star Wars on the screen and the symphony's playing underneath it. So people are like, yeah, I went to the symphony. Yeah. And I think that's a money hungry approach. But I, I don't know. I like your modern twist on things. Yeah, I feel the same way. It's like I'm not going to dumb down. I don't want my friends or or, or people that come to my concerts, I don't want to assume that they can't handle fine art. Right. I want to fuck some shit up, and I, I want to present things in ways that will make you feel awkward, make you feel uncomfortable, get right in your face. And I don't want to assume like, oh, you can't handle it. You're a baby, and <laughs> I need to make sure that, oh, everything's like... You walk into and you know what you're going to be able, you're going to see. And no, I want to say like, you're going to come to my show. Then you're, you're walking into a door that you have no idea what you're getting into. Absolutely. I remember when Eileen invited us to the opera, your opera. I'm like, okay, I've never really been to an opera before. And she just, and then she said it was immersed. And I'm like, what does that even mean? I thought, I don't know what I thought, but when I got there and I experienced it, it was like, and the art in the rooms, and the, I remember like we were in one big room that had like all this amazing lighting, uh, like orange, like pinks and blues, and I don't, I don't know. It was just, it was so beautiful, and it was like nothing that I was expecting to walk into. I don't know. It was just truly unique, and I, I, I appreciated that. Like I would do it all over again. I would definitely like go check it out again because it was just like something I had never experienced before. Yeah. I also love inviting people to come see your performances because everyone wants like a new activity or something to do. And that's my favorite thing to tell people, Hey, this is coming up. Do you want to go? Because <laughs> yeah, it's a story. people, people want to <laughs> do something different. Yeah. And you're the best at that. You're the best. I know it's like, if I tell Eileen I'm doing something, she's going to get the whole crew together. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, you're good at that. <laughs> and, and Brandy, I appreciate that. And, that. and that's the sentiment I want from people to come. I don't need you to know anything. I don't need you to know about opera or the etiquette. I just need an open... Fuck the etiquette. Yeah, fuck the yeah, etiquette. Yeah, like, I feel like that was the only the only intimidating part is like, what like what, am, what do I... Why do I belong in a room with opera? You know, it seems it's a little intimidating, but it's like really broke down the walls and let you be involved. And I love that. Yeah. And that's what I want. That's what I want. Because that's who I am. Yeah. I didn't go to school for opera. I don't sing opera. I didn't even go to school for music. So I'm not really cut from that cloth. Mm-hmm. I come from a different cloth. And I want I want people to experience it the way that I envision. So 
cool. I love that. Um, what's next for you? And um, what do you have like a dream? You're a dreamer. Do you have any dream projects on the horizon that you're like, if everything could work out, what would it be? I always have three dream projects that are um, not impossible, although some would argue, mm-hmm. especially when I share this one. I would think more improbable. <laughs> <laughs> I want I I went on this journey. I had this idea that I wanted to sort of write um sort of like a a mass, like a choral piece, like a choral mass for somebody that was on their deathbed, but they had an opportunity to still live. So what I mean by that is that I wanted to find someone that was that needed a heart transplant, like a significant uh, wow. surgery uh-huh. wow. and I wanted to lay them on a table with real doctors but mm-hmm. have a choir and like a string orchestra perform during the surgery with a live audience where they're like you know those I don't know what they call them like the the stadium seated yeah 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 uh, ORs ORs yeah. yeah where the audience is up there and they're watching this live like Heart transplant? transplant? Yes, like significant. Uh, like he could wake up and die. Or I mean, he, I guess he would not wake up and die. He, <laughs> he could die or he could wake up to a new heart. And the the choir is written specifically to him as the doctor is doing the surgery. This is bonkers. I want to be a part of it. I would. <laughs> Hell yeah. Damn. I've had, I had a ten. That's so cool. I went to some doctors through Harvard, MD Anderson. The first question that you, you'll know is like, well, liability. What do right. you know? It's like, oh, you can't do that in America. So then I went to China and I talked to some journals in China and they're like, how dare you think of China as a third world country? We are. And I was like, okay. And they like blocked me. <laughs> you were blocked by the country of China. <laughs> <laughs> Canceled in China. <laughs> I was like, come on, come on. I mean, you, you would do this, right? But the underground, the black market organ like, transplants, they're like, no, we don't do that. They're like, blocked. Go to Mexico. <laughs> Seriously. Do it. So now I'm looking in Central America, and I'm also thinking, like, maybe I should be a martyr. Maybe I should just say, like, fuck it. Throw another heart in me. And No. No. I'm not there yet, but I'm just saying, like, I want this. This is, oh, in some I'm ways, literally it's like my life's work. Right? <laughs> Like I want, I feel like it's unprecedented. Mm -hmm. It's it's something that uh, it it it's not. Yet yes, there is sort of a what do you call like a novelty to it. Mm -hmm. But for me, I just feel like it it can be something where the music can somehow maybe guide the glass box. Like he's still sterile, kind of thing. But like I don't know, because there is like a I, I used to live stream social media for a surgeon and, and I know that there's like a, a whole, like a clause or law or whatever like like a distracted surgeon mm-hmm. whatever so you can't distract the surgeon like it's I don't know like that's basically you just can't distract the surgeon while they're performing, performing. yeah so maybe if he has like earplugs and the patient can still hear it right but, I'm like, <laughs> but I also think about like those deep brain surgeries where the patient's awake, but they're doing brain surgery. And like, you've seen the ones where they're like, they're playing violin to make sure that yeah. they, this is possible. What? Yeah. See, when I Wait, saw that, what? my friends, cause I've been talking about this for, I mean, a good six, seven years. And I, the reason I share it is not cause I'm scared of someone stealing it. I'm scared. I, I want to help someone to hear and say, we can make that happen. Right. Yeah. I know Joe, you know, hmm. on that street over there underground, he does stuff. <laughs> but, I know some private Botox parties. <laughs> <laughs> 
And someone said, well, why don't you just do like a, a, a fake surgery? I said, no, th- no. That's, that's, it has to be real. The music, you know, in San Antonio, actually, there's a friend, Juan Carlos, uh, that, at, that told me, I think he's friends with Darian. He said, let's talk about this. He's like, maybe there's somewhere we can, we, we can figure out sort of the science and the, the tech behind like how it would help. The music would sort of help and assist the brain right. waves or something to like for him to survive or, yeah. or her to survive. I mean, have, doctors do perform surgery and play music. Yeah. So How, have you have you seen the show Dave on Hulu? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay, I'm, I'm thinking but of there's, Lasso. Sorry. There's a the, oh, that's a really good show by the way. <laughs> um, binge the whole thing. But there's a scene at the end of Dave. Like I think he's playing the VMAs, but he wants this like huge production. And the like running joke throughout the show is that he has a small penis, and so he wants like this like penis surgery live on stage. And I don't, I don't, I don't think it actually like comes to fruition. But like that just kind of reminded me of it. <laughs> yeah. Other people are thinking this now. Yeah. I might not go with that surgery. It doesn't have to be heart. It can be something. I think this can happen if your patient is like a VIP and they they're running the consent, and they're like, in order for me to do this transplant surgery, I need this all to happen. Just like when like rappers have a concert they're like i need exactly. 70 wings all these bottles like the request list it has to be yeah. a vip patient i thought about finding consent from like a person that's like you know what fuck it like if i'm gonna go down i'm gonna go down in history as the first guy to ever be uh, filmed yeah. like with a, a mass written for him so i want her to I, right now this is so that's that's I super rad I'm sure I've got some fucked up issues. <laughs> <laughs> cross the border. Let's just cross the border. Um, damn, that's fucking rad. That's really great. Yeah. 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 So when I'm doing my immersive operas, or I'm, you know, I'm working on some operas on La Malinche and Coco Chanel, actually. But I'm always thinking, like, damn, Nathan, you're so complacent. You should be doing these surgery choral performances. <laughs> and, like, what are you doing with your life? Why are you just doing this fluff? As you're making people puke on film. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Fluff. Fluff. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, an artist is their worst critic. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, should we dive into some questions, card questions? Yes. Yeah, so on this show, we like to get a little deeper connected and we use the card game. We're not really strangers. We said it right. <laughs> we said it right. Um, to get a little more connected to our guests with some um, unprecedented questions. So. Pull from the middle stack. We will allow you to pull the middle. The deck. Yeah. All right. Level two connection. What is something that you wouldn't want to change about yourself? Wouldn't want to change. Um, I really... Uh, I'll go first. <laughs> I really like that. Um, I, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hype man. Like I <laughs> love that. I hype my friends, hype up situations. For example, yesterday we went out and I don't know why I decided. <laughs> Brandy's dying laughing, but just even in the Uber ride, I, was a fucking balloon man like the outside those car retailers because i was just <laughs> hyping up everyone in the car we're like we're going from party one to dinner one this is everyone needs to be hyped and i wouldn't change that about me my neck hurts today but it was all worth it 
flailing around and hyping everyone up. I think up. Our, friend's, our, our friend's boyfriend was sitting behind her and he's like, you know how Muppets dance? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, was, I was a Muppet. That was my favorite comment. <laughs> forgot about that. Yeah. She was a head banging, her hair was, all I could see was her silhouette. So then just her hair flying everywhere, it was beautiful. But yeah, you are a hype person. You and are. If, if somebody like, well, I won't go into detail. But our friend went wild at karaoke, and I loved every second of it. But, like, Eileen was right there with her, like, the whole time. She's like, you're getting crazy. I'm getting crazy. We're going in this together. Like, support. (laughs) (laughs) I even said, like, we're all, we went to this birthday dinner, and it was, like, a large group of us. And I even sent out a a text. Like, everyone's being present, but I still sent a text when I went to the restroom to all the girls. I was like, vibe check. How's everyone doing? Just making sure that everyone was having a good time. So I pulse check hype. I wouldn't wouldn't change that about me. I appreciate that about you. And I think that sort of falls into you being a very good sort of, I don't want to call it a party planner, but you're good at throwing parties. Yeah. Yeah. Throwing events. I shouldn't call them parties. But I was thinking after seeing... Um, all the videos of, of you at Fiesta mm-hmm. and then listening to the podcast, I thought, man, there needs to be some sort of correlation where listeners can look at some of the craziness that you got into. <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Pay for our That's not free content. content. <laughs> I, th- I was like, wow. I was like, man, I need, I need Adeline to throw my party. Yeah. Like, this is you throw some crazy Wait, shit. Wait, I did do a party for you. It was like after. You did. That's right. Yeah. After after your opera, I, yeah. And she brought everyone to the opera in McNay in San Antonio. You were like, yeah, I got everyone. And everyone came. Yeah. All your people came. And, and then, then it was like, were... after parties at this bar, cocktails named after you. It was cool. You got a skill. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I dig it. We Even tell. my mom came. <laughs> 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 and my mom's friends. Yeah, that was fun. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. You're a good hype person. You? And and you're the PR person, right? And she, Social we're a good team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what oh, would man. you guys not change about yourself? I guess I'll go next. Um, my indecisiveness. Hmm. I think it's driven people close in my life crazy mm-hmm. because I refuse to make a plan a day in advance, or like especially the five year plan. I read a great meme the other day, which was like a women's blog or whatever, but it said something like, oh, everyone's making five-year plans. I'm waking up, you know, just trying to feel out the vibe today. <laughs> I and like that. I, and like, that's me. And I've gotten so much flack for it, especially in relationships. They're like, I want to go on a date. I want to, you need to be intentional. And it's not that I don't want to bring those qualities into my life, but damn, the shit that I stumble into by having no plan has always, I shouldn't all, say always, but mostly yielded extremely like memorable results. And But I, it was always something I've been trying to change. And now in my life that I don't have anyone, any obligations or people trying to come down on me, I'm thinking like, yeah, fuck it. I just, me being indecisive, doing whatever I want, whenever I want, I'm letting it soak in and, and mm-hmm. appreciating that side of me. Yeah. And realizing that, hey, there are planners and there are people that make decisions and I'm not one of them. I'm not like Rick on The Walking Dead. I'm more like <laughs> the, the guy that rides the motorcycle. <laughs> That's the guy that shoots the bow and arrow. Yeah. yeah. Daryl. Daryl. I'm more yeah. like Daryl. I'm just like, yo, like you got a plan. Let's go. Like, yeah. 
I don't want to make the plan. I just want to be the sidekick. I'm a sidekick guy. Yeah. Sidekick. Cool. I'm Slash. I'm not Axel. Mm. I like those analogies. I feel like same. <laughs> I feel like same. I'm not a planner, which I, which I feel like is why I'm drawn to Eileen is because she is like, so she's the planner and also my boyfriend. Like he's like super structured, so planned. And I'm the same way. Like, like whatever's happening today is happening today. Yeah. And I hate making plans. Like if people are like, hey, what are you doing Saturday? I'm like, I'll let you know Saturday. There you, you go. You know, yeah. like maybe I'm not. I don't like to have like hard plans because then I feel like pressured to do it. <laughs> I used to get very offended when people would say like, "I'll let you know that day," because I I always thought because I'm like the person that sends an invite way in advance, and I, but what they're like, "I'll let you know the day of," and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this person <laughs> is just looking for a better option." I would <laughs> I would take it personal, but then I've dated a lot of people like you guys that are just like that go with the flow and I'm like ah I fucking get it it's not it's not about me I don't know I don't know who I'm gonna be like next Tuesday you know like I'm I'm, I just I like my mood my energy level is like what did I do the night before what I eat today like (laughs) what side of the bed did I wake up on like I don't know I really just like kind of fly by that um does your uh, is it is it Grant Mm -hmm. Graham Graham I'm sorry Mm -hmm. Does, does he embrace that because I Oh, I'm starting to embrace crazy. it. Oh, he drives him crazy. I think it drives him crazy. Um, but also, I feel like he likes, I don't know, like he likes to do things in his own way. And I'm just like, I kind of like go with the flow. I don't, I don't know. I don't control him. Sure. So I think like that's probably yeah. a good thing. That's the only way it works. Yeah. Aline, <laughs> are you an earth sign? No, I'm a fire sign. Oh. Yeah. An Aries. Aquarius. When's your birthday? Gemini, May 25th. Oh, yeah, it's coming up. Yeah. Memorial Day weekend, right? No, right before. It's always Memorial Weekend, <laughs> always. I never throw a party on my birthday because people are... Are you going to be here? At boats. I am. Yeah. We'll throw you a party. Well, <laughs> you know, it's something I wanted to get to, and I feel like I should... Well, I know you can edit this podcast, but I want to put it out in the uh, interwebs. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm in Brooklyn, and I got my people down there. But, uh, you know, I... I can be a city boy. Hey. Hey. I, I, I'll come with some, you know, I'm sort of, I'm not big on um, karaoke mm-hmm. because I'm a serious classical opera musician. Yeah. But I, I can, I can hang. Yeah. Throw some invites my way. Okay, cool. Let's marinate on that. Yeah, she, she's, she looks like she's ready to plan this. Yeah. I'm like, I'm everybody's to... drinking milk. <laughs> oh my God. We, we're all, we're all from Texas. We're, we're, we're all, we're all brown. <laughs> Wait, have you been to the Texas bar Yellow Rose in yeah, the East Village? Yes, they have. That's from a San Antonio guy. Yeah, yeah. Brandy knows them. You yeah. do. Yeah. They make the only barbacoa worth eating here. Ooh, and I the, haven't tried their barbacoa. Yeah, yet. shit, me neither. And Should we tor- go after this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> so I actually fly my tortillas in from San Antonio. No, fucking. He's the only one that I found tortillas equivalent. Mine are like flour that I freeze and you know, yeah, yeah, make, yeah. but his is legit. Like that's the only place. See, yeah. I want to do that, but like with chorizo, I have like it's oh chorizo so sucks. Rare to find good chorizo here. Ugh. Yeah, I fly my stuff in. You're smart. But, but yellow smart. rose ha- is like legit. Yeah. Yeah. So. Shit. We would love to have I haven't eaten today. I'm ready to go, like, beeline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Delightful <laughs> moment. <laughs> well, Brandy. Well, I'm, I'm yeah, not even Brandy. trying to answer the question. Yeah, I, didn't answer the I feel like you always evade the question. You're not getting, you're not getting, away. You're um, not getting away. I feel like I have, like, just blind faith. 
uh, that everything's going to work out all the time, no matter what. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's like what brought me here to New York. Like, I, I, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but like, I just got it in my head, like, and I got the, the gut feeling, like you said that you, you know, like you had with the whole, you know, scoring thing. Like, it just was like this intense gut feeling, like intuition, like I'm done with San Antonio. I need to leave now. And um, I was like marinating on New York for for like a couple mu- a couple months. It's <laughs> like yeah. all it was, and uh, and I made it I made it happen because I'm just like I'm gonna do this and it's gonna work out. I'm gonna figure it out. Um, but this is what I need to do now. And I like I remember the day I booked my flight, my my Airbnb and my flight. I think to New York. I was just like drunk on the couch with my sister at a, a party, and I'm like I need to do this. I'm gonna do it. And we were looking at Airbnbs and I just booked it. And I'm like, this is what this is what's happening. I sold yeah. all my shit and I did it. And I booked my Airbnb for a month and just like hope that it would work out. And I feel like that's kind of how I've lived my life. Like, I'm going to do photography. I'm going to hope that works out. And I got to travel all over the U.S. for photography. I started working at, you know, like in social media, like, let's give this a try. Let's hope this works out. And now I'm like, you know, like, like leading a department mm-hmm. and, you know, like, moving to new york and i just feel like i don't know that's just kind of one thing <laughs> maybe it's reckless <laughs> maybe it's recklessness <laughs> like i don't know it's just like fuck it i'm gonna do it like right i don't think it's fearlessness at all but it's like how how are you gonna know unless you give it a shot kind of thing i love that yeah i dig it thanks <laughs> you you paved the way for both of us yeah you t- you did what you got I mean, here first. Yeah, you did. How many other San Antonian socialites have <laughs> come up to New York? I decided I'm going to strut into hydros and I did. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, yeah, no. Faith has played a, a major role. I, I think also, like, intuition. Like, I really do follow my intuition. And I'm, I'm, like, super, like, I don't know, in my head about a lot of things. But, like, once I make up my mind, it's just, like, powering through. I love that. I love a. I love. I love that commitment. Thanks. Commitment to, commitment to the feeling. There's romance in that. Ooh. Agreed. Thanks, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, should we social challenge it? Yeah. So, um, every week we like to leave our listeners with a social challenge um, to get more connected, or you know, just challenge themselves personally even um what do you suggest our listeners do to get connected or challenge themselves get out of their comfort zone does that have to be wholesome no no well, after i said that question i was like damn this is could be something could be the social challenge this week is to chug some milk buy some milk, chug milk. Yeah. vomit milk for me <laughs> and only me in my layer um no uh <laughs> You're just gonna get a bunch of DMs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, volunteer. Ooh, we've yeah, no one's ever mentioned that before. Volunteer, yeah. Do you I, volunteer? Maybe. Yes, I always volunteer. No, I, I I do volunteer a lot, a lot. Um, I love to help people, not necessarily in need. I just love to assist people in their in their vision, in their dream, in their goal. And, you know, f- for me, the, 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 fir- 
the first question I get on a lot of times when I'm reaching out to people about working together, mm-hmm. and it could it doesn't have to be like a work environment, meaning like oh this is an opera. It could just be like hey I I, I want to work on this project. What's your budget? First time if someone says that I'm like cancel <laughs> blocked. Yeah. It's just like. I mean, everything's it becomes uh, about monetizing everything, and I thought, man, there, sometimes if someone wants to just create something, we should. I love helping them get there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always have to be about about a financial gain. So, and it could be for friends, it could be for acquaintances or whatever. So I, that's what I mean by volunteer. I don't mean like necessarily going to the soup kitchen. Yeah. Which Andy Warhol did, and he didn't uh, advertise it, and I felt that I was like, wow, somebody that's one of the richest people in New York one of the most famous artists right. in his heyday was going to the soup kitchen on Sunday morning after church without anyone ever knowing. I thought, oh, that's that's special. But yeah, I think just volunteer and help someone. Help, help your neighbor, help your friend, help your colleague with their creative vision. Shout out this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, um, I, you know what? I super love that because I feel like on social media, there's a lot of creators out there that are being like, don't do anything for free. Like they're, yes, get paid for your work, your art, but volunteering is super important. It helps other people you care about create something. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's also how you learn. I, I mean, I, it, when you were talking, it was reminding me of this TikTok that I saw where some girl was like knitting something and she's like, wow, I'm really good at this. How do I, how do I monetize this? Like blah, blah, blah. Like it all into like consumerism and yeah. it's just like her spiraling because she's enjoying a hobby. And if that's, I have such a hard time doing anything without like, how do I monetize this? Yeah. But I also recognize that like some of my best experiences, especially learning experiences in my industry has just been like, can I like shadow you on your shoot? Can I, you know, like, can yeah. I, can I help you edit this or, you know, just kind of do it for the experience. Don't completely work for only for experience, but try some things. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And I also think, like, on the receiving side of it, when someone's like, hey, can I help you? Do you need any volunteers? That is such a warm feeling, knowing that people want to help you. It's a good networking experience. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, I like. I really like that. <laughs> and then, like, actually volunte- volunteering, too. Like, you made me realize Absolutely. with my, uh, my agency back in San Antonio, like, maybe once a month or once every quarter or something, we would go and volunteer like the boys and girls club or sure. you know like at the soup kitchen and that was kind of scary and so i'm not gonna lie <laughs> you got hit on a lot <laughs> but but it was it was a warm feeling what did you wear that you get we were all in at a, six in the morning we were, <laughs> yeah it's always super early we were morning. all in our work t-shirt like we had like just like like heather gray did your hair like, look like t-shirts made up I'm a little curled i'm a little <laughs> curled going on <laughs> like yeah full face of makeup <laughs> full face it was to work <laughs> well pre-pandemic I, I used to uh volunteer for the the turkey uh, on thanksgiving i'd wake up at oh, six in the morning oh, yeah. and do that and i haven't done it here in new york i would yeah. love to but uh, i did it in austin for years yeah and it was very gratifying i loved it i love just being sort of a cog in the wheel and just kind of like do your job yeah. and, and see I, the I like i like kind of love that kind of busy work that's just Same. like yeah yeah. The the Raul Jimenez Thanksgiving dinner in San Antonio is like mm. an annual thing that happens, and for days in advance they prep they prep food, and so mm. you know annually we would go in and help 
prepare food. So, oh my god, we, the last like two segments we've talked about food, and I'm getting hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Yellow rose, <laughs> Yellow rose, here we come. <laughs> Yellow rose is getting some advertising. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's the best. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have to talk to them about a little collab. Oh yeah. look, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> How do we monetize? How do we monetize them? We can't just tacos. give them free. How do we make them volunteer for? <laughs> You owe us, Yellow Rose. <laughs> on that note, thank you, Nathan, for joining us today on the show. It's always a good time hanging out with you. I learned a lot about myself today and learned more about you today, and it was really special. Um, you guys can find him on Instagram at Nathan Noise. And if you're in New York, check out his next performance, May 1st, in Brooklyn at the Regina Opera Company. And if you're in for our Texas listeners, he's going to have um, a performance May 15th at KFMA in Austin. KMFA. Oh, shit. I got it wrong. KMFA. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely be there in the Brooklyn one, though. I'm, I'm so curious. I want to be yeah, there. Yeah, we're going to invite our friends. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll roll in with the crew. It's early, you realize, right? What's early? It's Well, the concert's at 3, but we perform at 4. 4 p.m. on a Sunday. Oh, that's Sunday. That's perfect. I can wake up early, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, we Brandy and I are always looking for any excuse to go to Brooklyn. Yeah, so. I love Brooklyn. It's so it's such a vibe. There's gonna be an after party too. Oh, that's all you had to say. Yeah. More, we'll there. Catch ding, us ding, there. Ding. <laughs> Bring Darwin. I want to meet Darwin. Oh Actually, yes, sorry, his studio dog's on here. He's in Texas no. right now. Yeah. But we will see you guys there. Be sure to follow us on socials at One Mutual Friend on Instagram. Our DMs are always open and popping off. Submit some questions or nominate a guest on our website, onemutualfriend.com. And don't forget to share this podcast with a friend. Until next time, everyone. Until next time. Bye. Bye.